Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with... Wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 125 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. We're just a little bit more at the time of this recording, one week away from Super Bowl 47 in New Orleans. Sooner than that, though, Rank, you and me are going to jump onto an airplane and head over to NOLA, presumably, for a week's worth. Nay, we're going to do at least a month's worth, maybe even a month and a half's worth of eating. That's <laughs> that's the focus. Then we'll worry about football. Let's say hello to him from NFL.com and beyond the Pick 6 segment, so on and so forth. Adam Rank, what's the poop fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure. So you plan on doing a lot of eating? I Well, as you know, eating is one of my passions. So, yeah, I, I absolutely am going to. And I've said it many times before. We've had this debate more than once, you and me. You're a huge fan of Las Vegas. I loved it, you know, 15 years or so ago. I would go out there, and I went out there probably too many times is the issue. I went out there, and really, it's like that. It's the equivalent of... Smoking, you know, when oh, your father caught you smoking cigar, smoking a cigar. Smoke the entire box now, and then I'll put you off right. of cigars. Maybe that's what happened to me. But I feel like Vegas is for the junior varsity, mm-hmm. and when you're ready to get serious, then you go to the genuine article, New Orleans. That's the city to go for a long weekend with your chums or with your lady. The food is superior to Vegas, although the Vegas food is pretty good now. They all do now have those satellite. All the fancy chefs have mm-hmm. their places. But this is the real thing. Those grilled oysters. Now you'll see, Rank. You'll see. I feel like you're setting me up for disappointment. Well, it is going to be crowded. That's the only downside. The, I imagine the streets are going to be jam-packed, so... 
it won't be the best way to see it, mm-hmm. but just the same. You know, a distinctive looking place. It's a lovely place. The, the people there are wonderful. Everybody, they, they really have this inordinate love of life. Even after all they've been through over the last decade, there, there's a, 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 I hate to limit it to just this, but to make a caricature of the people there, but it really is kind of true. They just love the food and the music and they dance in the streets and everything else. And I'm not talking about the frat dudes mm-hmm. in the French Quarter. I'm talking about, you know, just the people in their in the in the res in the residential areas. You go around the town. It's really a wonderful vibe. I think you're going to dig it quite a bit. Cool. All right, now. Some people say that uh, there's some corruption there. I'll tell you where there is definitely corruption. Studio 66, Rank. Why, who, who comes in here? We sit down to do the podcast today. Someone has left their wrapper of their granola bar. It looks like they even probably just ate it straight out of a half-ripped oh, yes. wrapper. There are cups everywhere. There's garbage to and fro. I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but yep. I know who was here last. Who? That Draft Tracker podcast, the one that won that award on S- iTunes. Won an award? What Draft Tracker podcast won an award? The, the Matt Money Smith. Matt Money Smith won some award. Well, I know we won an award for Best uh, Sports Show by Stitcher. Thank you very much. They were voted Best New Sports Commentary on iTunes. Well, that was Best New. That's like, uh, you know, that's like the, in, the, the soap opera awards. They give out one for Best Teenager Performance. Right. Then they give one to Best Performance, period. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah. Rank and I are a mature, finished, polished product. Yeah. That Matt Money Smith, man, yeah, that kid might yeah. go places. Newcomer of the year. Yeah, maybe he'll achieve something someday. Speaking of newcomer of the year, look at that. Here he is from around the league. You know him, one half of the debate club, which you'll be hearing, as a matter of fact, a little later on this show. Let's say hello to him right now. Mr. Fancy Pants himself, it's Mark Sessler. Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light of flame, boys. Pigskin's hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Ah, still like that music, huh? I do. Um, actually, Dan and I touch on that subject later today, but uh, I'll let you listen to that, mm-hmm. and we can get into that next cool. week. Cool. On the Flames, on your uh, fan base, the that's whole, your, your fan club? Yeah, the entire operation. All right. Listen, fellas, let's get into it. You'll be joining us in New Orleans as well. Really excited to jump on the flight for that and uh, and get into the food and everything else down there. Let's talk Super Bowl. We began it. A couple days ago on episode number 124, if I, I, I will say this. I felt it was a very strong episode, Rank. Mm-hmm. I went back. I listened to it. We talked to the 12-year-old boy, Cullen Little, Baltimore Ravens wonk slash analyst. He does some local radio there. was really great, but you and me were gangbusters. This kid still has a <laughs> long way to go compared to you and me. So we had a lot of good uh, conversation there. Sessler joined us, Handsome Hank. Let's pick it up, though. We started getting into the dynasty talk, and, of course, Super Bowl – is the marker. This is when you start, I feel like, at least this is, that's what I do, is I reminisce about the history of the Super Bowl. You know, everybody has their thing. 
what their their area of expertise, like on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. My area of expertise, those first 20 Super Bowls. I feel like I don't know why. That really threads the needle for me. When I was growing up, I would go back. I would obsessively watch all those NFL films about it with, with uh, John Facenda voicing them over. I can tell you all the different stats and who, you know, who, who the, what Super Bowl, what happened in which game, and who was, uh, you know, the Chuck Howley only. You know, that that's pedestrian trivia mm-hmm. at this point, but a lot of people still don't know. He's the only losing uh, player to win the Super Bowl MVP. But those are, those are gimmies to Damashek. But let's get Could into Could that happen this year if the Ravens lose, they'll still give it to Ray Lewis? I think we're on we're, we're right on course <laughs> for that. That's exactly. I, I can't imagine how it doesn't wind up with that, no matter what happens in this game. Yeah, if you go to NFL.com slash Adam Rank, uh, I did a Super Bowl fact, and what it was is I had an exchange with my mother-in-law, Patty Ma- Patty McGillicuddy, uh-huh. and uh, she and I went back and forth, and that was one of the questions she had. She's like, Ray Lewis is automatically winning the Super Bowl tro- MVP award, right? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> preordained. And then we, we guessed what uh, Jim Nance's uh, cheesy send-off will be. At the oh, Super yeah, Bowl. he always has something. What will yeah. it be? Fly away! Ray There's- Lewis flies away! <laughs> well, the first one I came up with is going to be... Playeth oh. again, nevermore! <laughs> right? That's it? Well, I was thinking, oh, brother... John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. Yeah, that's probably or, true. Or how about this? If the Ravens win, also, Ray Lewis saved the last dance for the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> Sounds yeah. accurate. This is a good game to play. <laughs> this is a game you need to open up to the general public yeah. or at least your Twitter followers. We should, right? yeah. Let's have the rank amateurs wait. That's a good thing. That's a good uh, talk about it Friday thing. Yeah. We haven't done that in a long time. Talk about it Friday. Let's try to predict – Jim Nance's cheesy send-off. All right, listen, tweet it out. I've been on the Twitter recently, and, uh, you know, I, I've been talking about the Teo business and the mm-hmm. Patriots, and the Patriots fans have gotten after me, and some and and the more pious people out there on the Twitter who happen to follow me didn't don't like some of my cracks about Teo and Lance Armstrong and related <laughs> matters to that. But just to reset, now, of course, Katie Kirk, the interview is out. She sat down with Manti Teo. I feel like I've been listening to the sports radio, though, and a lot of people, I feel like it's older white guy curmudgeon types who are saying, I don't understand where this kid would come from. The guy who's portraying the two Osceopo, why is he doing this? Well, he's crazy. That's why, right? Is that is that the assumption? I don't think it was a prank. I've now, I've now switched my opinion from it being uh, the greatest punk bit of all time to th- this guy must be disturbed himself. It doesn't mm-hmm. explain. Teo's side of the thing. How could he be duped? How could he not just be duped, but if you're a football player at Notre Dame, it's just fine that you never meet this girl? That's the weirdest thing of all. That's the unexplained thing. That's the thing that, that, that I still can't get around. Did he never – when did he say? Did he say? I didn't see the whole Katie Kirk thing. Does he? Does Katie say – did you ever invite her to games? Did you say, "Here's a plane ticket. You got to come to a game already," or "We got to meet up"? What human, but what adult male would be able to continue a relationship like this? Rank? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> Why do you all say? Right. First of oh, all, I, I, first I, of all, don't you play football to get girls? Like that's the whole reason. Why? Like you're yeah, a football player at like, Notre yeah. Dame. You should be able to get girls. I know what you're that, saying. You're you're deadpan. Yeah, I wonder what kind of guy. I think I know what you're getting at well, there, you know, Rank. And it's it, it's a valid question that Katie. Asked and Manti Teo's response was not even close. No, that's right. Was that what it was? Something that's a little like whoa. Far from it. Far from it. Far from it is the thing, which means close to it. Far from it. I mean, you are, you are not. I'm not a little bit. You know. All right. 
Cecily. Right, there's not a distance to or from. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do think, though, he, he grew up in a very sheltered home. And he's, I'm, you know, I, I hope it's all right to say this, he's Mormon. And, like, he mm. lives a very different lifestyle. Yeah, and maybe. I, I think that that plays into it because he's not the guy. Maybe having a long-distance relationship where he's not in the room with the person actually worked for this guy where it wouldn't for every other football player. So you're saying it's from the Book of Mormon playbook. Well, that's not directly, but it's a theory. I just think that he's, you know, he looks extremely attached to his parents beyond the depth that some 21-year-old kids I will be. say this, too, and Rank and I got into it pretty uh, pretty good the other day, so I don't want to rehash that. But, uh, but the thing with Teo that's curious is from a football perspective, and let's just look at it from that, I can't imagine drafting this guy. I can't imagine bringing him in, even if it, even if he fell to the fourth or fifth round. That's almost besides the point. If you look at what happened to the Jets, when you bring in a sideshow like that, something that's going to get all sorts of media attention, why would you possibly want to deal with that? You would have to think he is the next Ray Lewis to be willing to deal with that. He must. This guy is going to have to be gangbusters in terms of your evaluation. What's he going? What, what he's going to do when the games are played to be worth the headache? And oh, the the other team, the teammates don't like asking questions. That's what they're going to be doing all the time. Right. What's Tao like? Is it, is it, do do you know if he has a girlfriend? And by the way, that's the thing that I have thought about. Tao is a single guy now. He's free. You know. <laughs> Footloose has been. Yeah, Footloose, as it turns (laughs) out. Now now he's been made aware, too. He's Footloose and Fancy Free. I'll tell you who else is also available, Taylor Swift. Why are we not getting these two kids together? (laughs) They're both unlucky in love. Why are we not making this happen? How about this? I got one more for you. Tay Teo is their nickname. You got to have it. Got to have a good nickname (laughs) if you're a celebrity couple. These two kids need to be put together. Let Let me weigh in on this. Well, let me just say one more bad joke. I want to make one more pun. I want to get it in as soon as possible. I uh, So what we've learned is now that Tua Asiopo was the voice of the woman. And so as I tweeted the other day, in other words, this, uh, this Lene, not a woman. Or wait. Not a dame. <laughs> Leave that. There's no, there's no going back and cutting it. Nope. Not a dame. Yeah, on the page it looks better. So it's wordplay. You have to see it written down. Not a dame. Notre Dame. No. Yeah, Yeah, about a week too late. I thought it was good. You didn't like that. You don't give me a shrug. It's cute. That's a good one. It's cute. You have to see it written down. I've seen it written down. (laughs) Blue tie. Yes. Behind the glass once again, filling in for black tie. What's your opinion here? I'm just saying it wouldn't be fair if Teo and T Swift got together because then there's the inevitable breakup song mm-hmm. and we just can't put Teo through any more embarrassment. That's not fair to him. That that wouldn't be fair. No. But speaking of songs, Dick Banks did already make a song about uh, Manti's situation. Hit it, Dick Banks. Teo. Teo. Your dead fake girlfriend is on the phone. Come, Irish football man, let's be creepy pen pals. Tail's fake girlfriend is on the phone. She's not really dead and she's really a man. Tail's fake girlfriend is on the
beat that Taylor Swift. Hey, look who just walked into the studio here. And uh, get ready. More music from uh, the one-man house band here on the show. From Dick Banks. Look who it is here. It's Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England, he's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England, he's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome, how are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Dave. Dick does a great job, doesn't he? He really does, Everything he does is, is gold. I didn't think to give the new song uh, to, to give out the award for best new song by Dick Banks in right. 2012 when I handed out the Shecky Awards, but we have a a lot of great nominees yep. right in the month of January alone. Well, and and my favorite actually, and I whistled it through the entire holiday season, was the uh, the, the most footballiest time of the year. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. great. <laughs> that's uh, that's solid gold. Yeah. So. Um, now let's uh, talk about uh, something more germane to uh, football 2013 is uh, Darrell Revis. What do you make of all this noise that the Jets may be willing to deal him? He may want out. Who might take him? So on and so forth. Handsome Hank. Uh, well, my favorite us. thing about it is that it came on the you know at 12 hours before the the new GM was due to make his uh, initial press conference with the team. All it does is really show what a circus that is and how that's not going to change i don't know where the the leak is who the anonymous jet is um but somewhere along the way that this stuff is still leaking out and it's not that's not good for that team rank do you think revis will be a jet in 2013 he'll be a jet it's pretty interesting because the owner now puts the general manager in the position of okay who are you going to side with i don't know if we should have revis Rex Ryan goes, I want Revis for sure. So what, which way is the general manager going to side on this one? And already he's got to be – he's already thrown into the middle of this feud, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's an, it's not a very – nobody wanted the job in the first place. Then you want to put him in this spot yep. have him make this decision? Like, it's just not a good um, – Sessler, so how say you then? What we'll Talk about the amount of loot that uh, Revis – what do you expect he's going to want? For if he does throw himself on the open market or if he is coming back or if he tries to hold the Jets hostage to pay him more two years after his last contract holdout. Well, I think this was a leverage move to say, we're wi- you, you don't own us. We're willing to part ways with you. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's all about that contract that's coming up. I think that the thing about Revis, and he has you know his play to back this up, he sees himself as the best cornerback in football. And that's the, he's not going to want the fourth or third best. He's going to want the most. And some team is going to go after it if, if they're willing to trade him. I think they would. Well, I, you know, I, I, it's nice to think in a vacuum, boy, I'd love for my team, whatever your team is, it'd be great to have the best uh, shutdown corner as much as uh, obviously just about every team throws the ball. It'd be great to add that piece. But it really does sort of compromise what you're able to do with building your team if you pay a cornerback that much unless you have a QB who is under the the league average in terms of starting quarterbacks. I don't know how you would be able to make both those things work. That's a, a pretty big commitment. Even though QB number one, let's say, would you put a do you put a shutdown corner? They're only really legitimately who how many? Two or three or four, but a top number one corner who you put on every week at the on the other team's number one receiver, 
or is that the second most important position? Is that ahead of the left tackle five, ten years ago? Everybody thought that was most important. What about a, a pass rusher like Alden Smith or or somebody uh, of uh, of that ilk? Do you put that as the mo- do you, Are you willing to pay whatever it costs to have Revis on your team? Handsome. In this NFL, yeah, definitely. I think that's the case. And look, I think the, the team that can afford to do it is one that, like you say, has a low-paid quarterback, but also is, feels like they're one piece. You don't want to put him on a building team. You want to put him on a team which feels they are probably that one piece away. And and you look at the San Francisco 49ers, obviously in the Super Bowl this year, but wouldn't they be even better with a Darrell Re- They're paying a quarterback not very much money in Colin Kaepernick. Wouldn't they be even better with Darrell Revis? Well, at the, but at the expense of what? I think about this, this would never happen, but the team I root for is the Steelers. Mike Wallace is likely to move on. He's their number one wide receiver, so they're going to have to replace him presumably through the draft. But even if, if, if Wallace could get the 9 or $10 million that he wanted, which is what he'll probably fetch on the open market, is probably something in the range of $10 million, I almost feel like I'd rather have Revis than I would have a, number, a legit number one wide receiver. I'd almost rather, if I were the Steelers, have Revis instead of having almost any number one wide receiver. Rank, how say you? What about a team like the Lions who desperately need a cornerback? Now, they don't pay a lot of money to any running backs because they just right. don't run anybody. There's not really a lot of guys on the defense who are making a ton of loot, and they could certainly use somebody there, or maybe even New Orleans too. I mean, I guess Drew Brees is making a lot of money, but they're not paying a ton for their wide receivers. There's not a lot of guys on defense who are making a lot of money. New Orleans, Detroit are two teams I think should take a look at him, if he is indeed on the open market. Interesting. All right, let's quickly, before we talk uh, Super Bowl and uh, and Super Bowl history, real quick, Rank, you're a Lakers fan. I feel like this is not, – it's not hyperbole to say that this is the biggest bust, or at least it, it has the makings of going down as the biggest bust in American sports history. Worse than the Eagles of last year. Forget that. I mean, they mm. they weren't – this is the equivalent of the Eagles going 3-13. and 13. Well, actually, they weren't too far off of that this year. But still, it's not as big a bust because any any cynic could look at the Eagles before last season. But not not this season. I'm talking about even two years ago and say, oh, they're still flawed. They have a lot of nice pieces, but they're not some lock to win the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody pretty much handed the Lakers, at the very least, the Western Conference. What do you make of all this noise that this team is this bad? I mean, let me put it in. It's even worse than your Halos of 2012. That, they're they're another one of the all time busts. Why are they? Why are they considered? <laughs> because nice? they lost to the Athletics, who have zero stars, and your team was star laden. But it's all right, not, they, it wasn't like they were a sub 500 team. They had more wins I than know. the Detroit Tigers. It still who went was to the very. Playoffs. It still was very bad. And but this is much worse because this team, with eight playoff spots available right now, are on the outside looking in. What? Who's to blame here? Who who are you blaming, Rank? Well, and let, let me just say this too t- about stars. They have three of the top fifteen players in the league. Dwight Howard and Kobe are two of the top six. Okay, Pal Gasol is probably about fourteen to come sixteen. On. Yeah, no, you come realize on. I don't care. I'm, I'm, well, I'm and lastly, you know Pal Gasol and not Mark. What did I say? I said Mark Gasol. No, you said Pal. Oh, I'm just surprised you got it correct. Oh, and. <laughs> And lastly, Steve Nash is still he's he's an old man now. 40. But let's say he's let's say he's in the top thirty You're players in the league. This team. Well, obviously You're everybody overrated this pieces. team. They're not going to make the playoffs. Nobody yeah. could have seen nobody on on the face of the earth it's a, could have foreseen this. Yeah, it was a miscalculation by Jim Buss to go out and get uh, Dan Tony to be the coach to run the system with Steve Nash because. 
when you looked at what happened in Phoenix, it looked like a good idea. You know, Nash made D'Antoni a great coach because, you know, he ran out there and ran that system real well. But the players that they have right now just aren't fitting in, and he's trying to wedge these guys into a system that obviously isn't winning. And what he needs to do is look at what Bernie Bickerstaff did when he was the coach for a week there. When Bickerstaff was running the team, he just kind of figured out who did well. They ran some other sets, and that worked out. They won four or five, and they did pretty well. And now they just can't seem to run the system. I, and I'm, To be honest, I'm surprised. I thought this was going to be a good fit. I thought when Steve Nash would come back that they would play a lot better because he did play well in the desert. But it's just not working out. Just look at you. You saw what can happen with this team. It's not like they haven't done it already this year, but they're not. And that's the big thing. And now the the real question is, what do they do now? Because obviously this coach. I don't know how they're going to. They're, 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 they're going to be hard everybody? pressed to eat that contract of they Dan Tony. They can't because Mike Brown's already got. Here's a their miscalculation. Contract. Here's their t- their terrible mistake that is going to be hard to fix at this point. Dwight Howard can leave after the year. They'll the, the, at this point. It's almost as though they have to trade him. Everybody is rewriting history. What do you think they said to Dwight Howard, 26-year-old Dwight Howard? By far and away, we talk about Darrell Revis as the best at his position. There's no one. There's no NFL equivalent, and there's no one in the NBA who by position is that much better than second place at his position. Dwight Howard is easily the most dominant player. People argue it's not a center league anymore. Yeah, but if he's the easily the most dominant over whatever is at number two there, then that's a piece that's worth having. He's a unique player, can defend. I think he's not in great health, but he's 26. What do you think Mitch Kupchak in the bus family and even Kobe Bryant said to him, in the, hey, you're the man. You're going to be, we're going to build around you for the next decade. You're going to be the piece. The next year or two will be a passing of the torch. It's, but you're the number one guy. You've mm-hmm. got to be our star. And now they then they go out and get D'Antoni and basically thumb their nose at him. I think that that was the miscalculation to build around these 230-something guys that aren't going to be there for much longer anyway in favor of a guy who you could, who like I say, you, you build around him and make it all about him and let Kobe deal with it. Who And by, by the way, who would deal with it? Because all he wants to do is win rings. If you just made Dwight Howard the main man. Cecil, so I, I'm not even going to ask Hanson. Ultimately, though, <laughs> the, the, the key blame has to come back down to uh, David Stern, though. Ah, with Chris Paul. Yeah, interesting. That, that's one of those ones. That's like Seattle Seahawks fans. I just uh, I just had talked. I uh, was just on a Seattle show. They won't let that Seahawks uh, Steelers Super Bowl go, and uh, and I don't think uh, P- Lakers fans are ever going to forgive the uh, D- David Stern for letting the Chris Paul trade or knocking that trade down. Sessler, how say you? Well, I, I don't have any particular dislike for the Laker faithful, but as a long-suffering Browns fan, I love living in a city when a presumed champion just melts. <laughs> and, I mean, every time you turn on the radio, it's it like it's funny. just I can't help utter it. chaos. This fan base is spinning into complete oblivion. It's enjoyable. On that front, I don't wish them ill, but I'm enjoying watching it happen. Yes, and, and there is a giant percentage of people out here that are still talking about in Los Angeles. That's where we're coming at you from. A lot of people still talking about, uh, hey, this team still can wind up with the fourth or fifth seed. They just got to, yeah, they're eight games under 500. Right. Yes, the optimist will tell you that they're four games out of eighth, out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Hey, let me, I'm not an optimist, so let me lay this one on you. <laughs> they're four games out of last place in the Western Conference. That's bad. So, all right, now, handsome, let's get back to the sport that you love. We all love Super Bowl. We're on our way to New Orleans very soon. And I'm surprised most of us, I would say, at least half of football fans, 
are surprised that it's the Baltimore Ravens and not the New England Patriots that are going to be there. You know what? A lot of singing from handsome from uh, from the one man house band Dick Banks. Here's a little song that he cooked up about the Patriots dynasty. Goodbye dynasty. You once won three Lombardies in the last two years. You made your Flacco look elite. Packers, Niners, Cowboys, and Steelers are the best to play the game. When they list all the dynasties, you will never hear your name. And you could have gone for that fourth ring, but the Ravens got the win. Brady never knowing who to throw to when Ray Ray rushed in. Brady's looking older as his skills start to slip. Retirement will leave him asking himself, Tommy, what could it be? fan base and you don't wish them any ill will although patriots fan it's not the team really it's it's the grateful dead syndrome i a generation ago i went to a few dead shows and i would enjoy the the shows and i liked the band and everything and then but the and but deadhead fans would always say man why is everybody so down on the music it's not the music that they're down on it's you that they're down. <laughs> right. Same same thing That's applies fair. with Patriots fans. Yeah, I'm not – get the chip off your shoulder. I'm not putting Tom Brady down. I don't wish that the Patriots are uh, any any ill will. The fans, though, you make it awfully easy to root against your team. You know, it's, uh, the, you, you can get pretty nasty on the Twitter, and Tory Smith will back me up on that, and so will a lot of other guys who uh, who, who get, the, uh, get the business from them. But all right, now. We were talking Patriots dynasty. Let's open it up then. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to have any sort of bias about talking just about that team. Sessler, you missed the conversation, so I'll start with you. Super Bowl era, best dynasty go. 49ers. 49ers. That's incorrect. The 49ers <laughs> well, of the 80s. This is my opinion. Well, it's an incorrect opinion, <laughs> okay, and I fair. have to let you know about that. I feel I, oh, I feel obliged to shoot straight. I think I know you. where I was supposed to go here. I don't, you can go wherever you want. I'm you can with say my whatever you want. I'm not. <laughs> please, it's a free country. I'm sticking with my choice. All right, explain yourself. Why is that well, the best dynasty? Let me before you answer it too, because Rank and I had had this uh, started this discussion when we took it uh, beyond the podcast. Keep in mind, Joe Montana and and uh, Bill Walsh, fine, but you're not talking about the 49ers. That's not a core. The Cowboys of the early 90s are Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and Larry Allen and Daryl Johnston and Jay Novacek, and the list goes on and on. And did I say the big three? Did I say everybody? You got Aikman, everyone. You, so, got, you got and Jimmy Johnson, and then they, the the big parting of the ways with Johnson, and then Switzer barely gets him over the hump one last time. But still, it's a core. The Steelers of the 70s. Same group of people, Cowboys of the 70s, same thing. The Niners are two pieces, basically. It's well, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. Tip your hat to them, but that, they're not a dynasty. I, I was, I, honey, well, I remember the fact that Jerry Rice. Hold on, hold on. 
Jerry Rice was not there for their first, for the first one. I think actually, though, you're making, you're making a point for the Niners because I would come close to picking the Patriots had they won one of these giant Super Bowls because it's much harder to keep a team cemented these days than it was back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. People are floating all over the league. The Niners did win Super Bowls with two different coaches and two different quarterbacks. I, what I'm talking about is pieces come and go. You're able to keep that success going. Mm-hmm. That, All right, that's fair me, point. I, I really think the Niners also were just the way they went through those championship runs, totally dominant. No one touched them in those seasons. All right, but they didn't have a real rival, and that's what it's about in sports. Is that's what people talk about all the time? Is uh, Ali it was made by Frazier? <laughs> oh, that's please. what people talk about. I didn't make that up. That's what, that's a key detail. They had plenty of rivals. That, well, go ahead and start naming them for me then, please. The 80s Bears, the right? 80s Giants, the 80s Rams, all good teams. All right, let's 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 go one by one with those teams. The Bears were a, a very good team for a very short amount of time. They came on round about 83, 84-ish. Okay, Jim so McMahon wait. gets spiked on his shoulder. That's the end of that by Charles Martin, one of the dirtiest, least discussed plays in NFL history. In fact, I'm shocked that we more and more people that Bears fans don't go crazy about Charles Martin. And, and if, you, if you're not familiar, Google it. I mean, YouTube it, and you'll find the play. Charles Martin of the Packers picks up Jim McMahon. That, uh, I mean, five seconds after he throws the ball, literally five seconds after he's just standing there watching the play proceed downfield. <laughs> And Charles Martin walks up to him, picks him up, and spikes him right on his shoulder, pretty much ending the 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 prime of Jim McMahon and ending the Bears dynasty. That team would have won a Super Bowl, but they didn't, and that injury happened. All right, so that Bears team was fine. The Giants, the Giants of the 80s with Bill Parcells, yeah, they were really good. Yeah, they were really good. Peaks and valleys. Are they a Hall of Fame team? If, if you could put an entire team into the, Hall of, into the Hall of Fame. Is that a Hall of Fame team? Do they stack up with any of those teams from the 70s? The 86 Giants? Yeah. Not a bad team. I didn't say they were I didn't say they were bad. I said that they were not uh, what you would uh, – so a base, team equivalent of a Hall of Fame team. They are not it. They're good. They're not great. They're not – you don't hold them so up as one of the arguing, best teams you've ever seen. So you're not arguing the point about the Steelers were a better team than the 49ers, so you're admitting the 49ers were a better team? I'm I'm talking about eras. How do you compare things in sports is how did that guy do amongst his peers in his era? And the Steelers were beating right, – they were beating Tom Landry and Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett and Drew Pearsons. I mean, and, and, the, and the doomsday defense. They were beating that team, and they beat them twice in Super Bowls. They beat the Vikings with Fran Tarkenton. That's the equivalent. That's the okay, 70s well, the 40, equivalent the of the 49ers Bills. beat John Elway and, and Dan Marino. Find a better two than that. All right. Well, listen, we're talking about teams that were, again, good for a while, for a little while, but don't resonate in the history of football as among the greatest teams ever. There's a diff- that's, that's the difference. My argument is this. And the 70s, okay, the 70s Cowboys do. All right. They're all this, right. The early Raiders? The Raiders one, of the 70s? One Raiders team now. Only the 76 Raiders. They lost in the playoffs every year. That to wasn't whom? a great team. Who, who did they lose to in the playoffs the every year? Yeah, that's exactly who they lost. You never every beat year. the Dolphins. That's so who they keep, would beat. You never beat the. So the, how are they a good team? What do you mean then? they never beat the Dolphins? They went through the Dolphins to when get the they, Super Bowls. Which one? What year did they beat the Dolphins? 79, at least. Seven. 
at the end of that era. All right, well, I'm just That's pointing out. I'm pointing out. <laughs> the it's Dolphins. still Shula. <laughs> the well, based on Sessler's uh, analysis, if it, it's still Don Shula, they're still successful. Still greasy. I mean, though, how, that's not uh, so still the, Dolphins, the core pieces. The Dolphins dynasty was going down when the Steelers came up. They beat a Raiders team. The one year you guys mailed it in, the, St- the Raiders win the Super Bowl no, in 76. mailed it in. Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris were injured for that AFC title game. A lot of insiders will tell you the greatest Steeler team of all was that 1976 team. And statistically – it would support that that might be the greatest defense in history for one season, that that might be the best defense ever. Well, I mean, don't give me the stink, your your stink <laughs> face, Frank. I don't know what that is. Handsome. How Better you, than uh, the 86 Bears. 85 slash 86 Bears. No, when 86. They, I understand. I know you like to make that point. You're right. that that's uh, yeah, Everybody talks about the 46 defense, but then Buddy leaves to go to Philly, and then Tobin's defense is, in fact, statistically superior. That's the year I'm talking about that Jim McMahon gets spiked on his shoulder. That's the year they probably win the Super Bowl, but he did. So when the playoffs started, that was a, it was a moot point. Now, handsome. Way oh, in here. I, I Make some it. sense I'm here. getting a definite sense there's only one right answer here. No, I, um, I, 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 well, I mean, yes, yes. But if you're allowed to say whatever no, you want, I, you're well, allowed to hold whatever opinion you want. To be different, I'm going to go with the 90s Cowboys. I think they were they were going right. on, on both sides of the ball. We've talked a little bit about them, but that the nucleus of that team, um, they kept it going. The, the rift between um, Johnson and Jones now seems ridiculous. But they still managed to. It win. really does. I'd love to, Does Jimmy Johnson? Has anybody heard him weigh in on that? Does he now say, "Wow"? The, in, in hindsight, I should have just stayed there. I, sh- I uh, Who cares what Jerry Jones was doing? I should have just stuck around there. And you talk to Michael Irvin in the hallways here at the NFL Network. I said to him once, "Man, you really could have won three or four in a row if, if, right. if Jimmy Johnson doesn't leave." And he says, and he's not kidding around. We should have won five in a row. Now maybe that's a little bit overly optimistic but still the point stands that that was i agree with you and that was beating those steve young niners so there was their right. arch rival that was the rivalry the only the terrific they rivalry the for a long time and the packers were on the rise with brett, brett Favre. Favre and uh yeah so to me i i would say that i honestly i go that cowboy the early 90s cowboys the most slept on dominant team of the Super Bowl era. But when you start ranking them, people respect that team. But to me, that might be the number one dynasty in the Super Bowl era. And Although then, I am going to give it to the Steelers of the 70s. Again, based on competition. The Titanic, the, the top-heavy league, the best teams. It was the same teams every year. It was always the Dolphins, always the Raiders, always the Cowboys, always the Vikings, and the Steelers still beat them all. But that, but I'm during that Cowboys era, it was always the Cowboys and always the 49ers. You knew that they were going to meet up somewhere along the way. Always the Packers. And but, the Packers as well. But the Cowboys would beat those Cowboys, except for the one year that Barry Switzer is their coach. Right. Right. That was so, I mean, so, that, so they weren't as good. It's the same as LSU. A modern college football comparison would be last year Alabama and LSU play each other. Alabama loses, and then they still get to go to the but you you're giving the 49ers who weren't the best team in their conference compared to those cowboys, and yet you're saying that they were the best dynasty in 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 pro football but, I mean in Super Bowl era history, but at that stage, because the NFC was so lopsidedly strong against the AFC, the NFC championship effectively was we'd all sit there and watch it, and it was kind right. of was the Super Bowl that was the winner of that game was probably the best team in in the sport, and the team that lost was probably the second best team. Sessler, best team to ever win a Super Bowl. Single season. Wow. Um, I'd have to go, for me, 89-49ers. 
which was the season in the Superdome where they smoked 55-10, where they smoked the uh, the uh, Broncos. Nobody touched them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the measuring stick is, but nobody touched them. Rank, how say you? Hard to argue with that. And one of the things that's uh, underrated about the 49ers, their run, is that their defense was really strong. As good as their offense was, in 89, their defense ranked fourth in yards. So they had a top-five defense to go along with Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, all those guys. That's probably the best team of all time. Handsome Hank, how say you? Single season. Hard to argue with a perfect season, Dave. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. We had the Dolphins. Yeah, you forgot. Which one? You forgot that one team had a had a perfect. Did season. they beat anybody who had a winning record that year? I, I don't think it really matters. You can't, <laughs> they don't make the schedule. They turn up to the games. They win them. They go home. They get ready to win another one the next week. Wow. All right. I don't think I don't think many people. I understand the donut that in the last column, and that is nice. But I, 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 I think it's the, funny. Any argument where I hear that they, a team had a perfect season with all as good as that eighty nine forty nine ers team were they perfect to the end of it? No. Best team to not win a Super Bowl, Adam Rank. 94 Cowboys. 94 Cowboys. That's the game that Switzer gets the gets the flag for arguing the Michael Irvin non-call. Mm-hmm. And that they, they were down 21 nothing in that game, right? Immediately. And, the, and then they rally back, and it looks like the Cowboys are going to get over the hump, and then Barry Switzer takes a terrible penalty, and well, that pretty no, much ends the game. No, that's not what ends the game. It's at, the, it's at the end of the half. The Cowboys get the ball back on their 10, 15-yard line with a minute to go, and instead of just – I think San Francisco would have been content with just running the ball out, whatever. Nope, Dallas tries to throw the ball three times, punt it, Larry Brown blows the coverage. Jerry Rice scores a touchdown. That puts the game away. The 99ers. I'm not denouncing the Niners. I'm just saying if we're (laughs) naming the greatest dynasty of all time, I don't give the award to them. They are great. The 99ers losing at home on the – who was it? Was it George Martin who hit Joe Montana there? Well, it was a Roger Craig fumble. Yeah, and Joe Montana, that's his last uh, last game ever as a 49er. No, he played a little bit in 92. He did? Yeah, he played a couple of games. I he thought that was his last game. ever game. I think it might have been, but I all right. You, you might you may be right about Montana that. Montana played in one game in '92. Uh, so as to not be just an abject homer and say those '76 Steelers, the best team to not win a Super Bowl, I'll go with those Minnesota Vikings of uh, Randall Cunningham. Yep. We were deprived by the football gods. That Gary Anderson kick, if he just makes it, what a Super Bowl we would have had. Instead, we got the bum Falcons. And who everybody, even though they were thirteen and three with Chris Chandler, you knew they weren't going to win that game. And uh, but instead, you could have had a, a, a spectacular game with the, that unstoppable offense. Randy Moss as a rookie, and Chris Carter, and uh, Jake Reed was still there. Yeah, Jake he was. Reed he was, was their there. number three. He was good, handsome. I, he, I am in full agreement with you. Uh, that was a. That I was very upset by that. Randall Cunningham was always a favorite of mine, and I, you know, to go out with with a game like that was uh, just tragic for him. Rank, worst team to win a Super Bowl. The worst team to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Put me on the spot. How about the Steelers in Super Bowl fourteen? Shame on you. I'm not going to stand <laughs> for that. Now, I will say, I will say about that, <clears throat> look it up in the record books. That is uh, a, a, a team, the best team, I think, to not, not ever even get to a Super Bowl. I mean, that's one team. The Vikings of 98 are a single season sort of a blip, although they were good with Dante Culpepper and, and so on. After that, the um, the era of a team that, that I can't believe never got the Super Bowl was Dan Fouts, Air Coriel, Chargers. That was mm-hmm. an amazing 78-ish it begins, 
and it ends roughly around 82, 83 ish, where the golden years for those te- for the for those Chargers teams in '79 in particular. That was the best team in the AFC. In the first game of December, I believe the Steelers went out there and got annihilated. I think it was twenty-eight to seven, and it was not even or thirty-eight to fourteen or something like that. And it was not that close. I mean, it was they, they got smoked, and you knew that they had the Steelers having to go to San Diego for the for the title game would have no chance out there. Somehow, Gifford Nielsen, the backup to Dan Pastorini, went in to it went in there. Earl Campbell was out for that game, and somehow they still went in there and, and won the game. And so that was that was a stroke of luck. But all these teams, it, it seems like most of these teams need some stroke of luck along the way to avoid their nemesis. But, again, I, I'm sorry to circle back to it, but one other point about the quality of competition that the Steelers were facing when I say Earl Campbell, those Houston Oilers teams in the late 70s were, were no joke. Right. And the Steelers would beat them just to get through the division. Well, the Oilers were really good. The Rams were pretty good when you talked about on the NFC side where Dallas and Minnesota were always going to the Super Bowl. The Rams were in 73. It home field advantage was predetermined, so the Rams right. were 12 and 2, had to go to Dallas to play the 10 and 4 Cowboys lost. That was a good team that never got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Handsome, you have a, a candidate here for worst Super Bowl champion. I think um the Jeff Hostetler led Giants yeah, well, how did they, they beat pretty, them? Well, in, that you got to be kidding me! Really, very a, strong team. They were ten and zero at one point. I don't know. I mean, they, they were just. You look at the the individual parts of that team. There wasn't anything particularly special about that team at that at that stage of its life cycle. I'll tell you what team they would have beaten: the Buccaneers of two thousand two. Mm. Yeah, that Brad Johnson. People always you, Trent Dilfer is the punchline of the you know a worst starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl, but. Where he was in his career, Brad Johnson is definitely worse. The worst QB to ever start a Super Bowl on either side, on the losing side, David Woodley of uh, the late uh, David Woodley of the in 1982 when John Riggins and company ran over him. That Dolphins team with David Woodley was not a great. That was not. That was a bad team. Not to a get deserving those. team. No, no, they were not very good. And oh, that's you know what that is. That's the year that AJ Dewey picks off Richard Todd three times in the title game in in the Mud Bowl, and the Jets could have made it to the Super Bowl. That's a, that was the, the better team probably, but the uh, but the weather was bad for the Jets, so they didn't go there. Isn't that something they flooded that they didn't cover the field or something like that? Sounds right. Yeah, something like that sounds right. I'll go with. I'll say it. It's the Baltimore Ravens. That team was so one-sided. I mean, they their defense was an all-time dominant. They, they went through that stretch. What Was it four weeks in a row that they didn't score a touchdown? Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's, it's an really abomination. I mean, that, team. But then that says a lot about their defense. I get uh, it. I get it. But it, but things have to break just right, and there was some awfully good fortune along the way. The fact that they went into Tennessee and beat them, that was a good team. That was the best team in the AFC, mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans that year. But in Oakland, there were a couple fluky things early that just threw that game off. That was a bad team. Saragusa didn't. Uh, that's the year he took out Gannon, right? Yes, he that's fell that, on him. Yep, and, early in the game. Right, yeah. right, right. Who was the backup for the Raiders? Who took over there? Was it Vince Evans still? No, oh, I don't wow. think so at that point. That would be embarrassing if it was. <laughs> uh, I don't remember who that was. I, you know, listen, that Patriots team, their first Super Bowl team was 
I, even though they were 12 and four and won the division, keep in mind they hosted that game in Foxborough, the snowball, the tuck rule game. But that team, everybody knew the Raiders were going to beat that team with Tom Brady at the QB. Everybody expected it. The tuck rule game should have ended their season. It didn't. Then they go to Pittsburgh. They get a couple calls and a couple fluky plays. They beat uh, 13 and three Pittsburgh. It was heavily favored to win that game. The game against the Rams, I, inexplicable. I don't know how exactly they outsmarted uh, Kurt Warner and, and that group. But, but that team. Sabotage. Sabotage. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. That's the sabotage era. So do we, do, do you, is it fair, Sessler, to continue to talk about Spygate? Or is it, or is it so much hokum? People get mad. So a lot of people say, give it up already. That was so long ago. Is it fair to hold that against them? Because I've said it before. I will say it again. Rank said it the other day on the show. He said, hey, facts are facts. It's a dynasty because when you open up the record book, when you open up the history book in 100 years, it'll say Belichick and Brady combined to win three Super Bowls. They played in five Super Bowls. They won this many divisions. And here's what I say to that. That's not what you'll say. That's not what you'll read because it'll all be covered up by a giant stain because of Spygate. A, <laughs> that lives forever. It never. Well, goes what did away. you say? What did you say on the previous podcast? What is Bill Belichick's record against teams he's already played since their last Super Bowl victory? Yeah. He's four and seven against teams he's already seen once in the in the regular. So season. wouldn't it stand to reason that when he actually knows a team, he's worse off? So it's more impressive. That he used the tapes to beat That's those teams. That's what he was teams. doing. He was yeah. trying to give himself an obstacle of some. So he was handicapping yeah. himself in the early days. Sessler, true or false, Spygate counts still. I, I think that for me, I look at the team since, and, I mean, they've been incredibly consistent and impressive. I'm not going to look at Spygate as something that removes the achievements of that organization. I know, again, I know what I'm supposed to say in here. But I just don't agree. I think that I, think I that, listen. That's a, I. I do think it's a little bit murky, but it's murky. Eight years, but I don't think fishy. What happened to those tapes? That the public never got to see those tapes. It's a weird. Uh, it, it's well murky. Had they vanished off the map after something like they that? They destroyed them. Oh, had no. The I mean, Patriots. had the team. I mean, but yeah. the team has found again to way to recycle the roster and ask. You know, handsome here. He's a Dolphins fan. Patriots still a good team. Yeah, and I said it. I said it earlier this week. You know, you can't. You you still have to commend a team that has been, regardless of how many Super Bowls they've won, they continually win their division. They're always some there or thereabouts as far as the Super Bowl goes. I, I don't think you can criticize that team. What? Do, and, but do you hold? Well, <laughs> so you don't criticize Spygate? I, I don't think you I, have since, to. I don't care if you do. I, I but I do think it's valid. Spy, I'm saying since Spygate, but uh, yeah, of course they. If if they cheated, then they of course you can criticize them. All right, is New Orleans the last question for everybody? We'll keep it nice and short so we can go and pack and get ourselves ready to depart for NOLA. Is New Orleans the best destination for a Super Bowl from our, your personal experiences? Handsome, I start with you. I, I visited the city many times. I love it. I think it's a great place. Number I've one. never been to a Super Bowl before there, but I, I've been to the city several times, and I think it's amazing. Are you looking forward to I've, going to New York in a year from now? I looked at where the weather. It's five degrees Funnily right now. enough, I looked at the weather this morning and I thought, how on earth are they going to pull off a Super Bowl in New York? That's going to be quite a thing. Sessler, how say you? I think it's the perfect city for a Super Bowl. Yeah, hands down. I mean, what? I can't think of one better. I'm all for doing to just getting a three, a rotation of three. I think it should just go New Orleans, Miami, L.A. That's what they need, but they need the stadium here in L.A. Mm -hmm. Rank, how say you? I like San Diego as the Super Bowl host. I thought that was set up pretty well. They have a nice little gas lamp quarter downtown mm -hmm. 
where uh, Petco Park is now. And I thought they did it pretty well. I like the way Indianapolis did it. They have a nice little downtown. I think everything that has something that's condensed, when you get into these situations where it's spread out, Dallas was a nightmare and some of these other cities mm-hmm. that are just too far spread out. You want a nice downtown where everybody's close together. I know it'll be crowded, but it, it just is the best situation because it makes it feel like an event. That's a great point. Because I, I don't mean for the media people or anything like that. I mean, obviously, that is beneficial to us being there all week, having a quick walk to the stadium and all that. But, yes, practically for any fan, Indianapolis was gangbusters. And not just because we had low expectations for what the city was a weird town to have, uh, you know, have a Super Bowl. But it was great because you went out to the streets, like you say. It was it was it was exciting. It was a the the streets were were pulsating, people <laughs> everywhere. It was not, it really was a a great atmosphere there. All right, so we're looking forward to going to Nola Sessler. Your pick for the Super Bowl. I am going to say 49ers. You want to score if you'd like. 49ers twenty six, Ravens twenty two. A close game. Who's who is the Super Bowl MVP? Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Rank, how say you? First off, Bobby Hoying was the backup to Rich Gannon in the 2000 AFC oh. Championship game. One of the worst quarterbacks probably to ever play in a championship Eek, game. Yeah. I will say this. The 49ers win 31-21. Hmm. Super Bowl MVP, Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I go... With uh, I think the I think the Forty ers are going to take it to him. I go like something like thirty four to sixteen, or maybe thirty six to seventeen, something like that. I think we're they, due for a blowout. Yeah, I think that's that's right. I think I think that maybe that's what we're going to see. I think they're gonna they're gonna take it to him pretty good, just practically. The Forty ers have. Let's not forget. Outside of you can't just remove the games, but the Seahawks had something go in the special sort of a thing. Um, with Russell Wilson, if you remove that from the equation, that defense is still easy. I mean, there's no question it's the best defense in the NFL. Is Joe Flacco going to beat them? You know, I, I, versus the Ravens' defense, going to stop Colin Kaepernick? I think they got him by a couple of touchdowns at least. Blue tie behind the glass. Wrap it up with two things. First of all, your Super Bowl pick and MVP. Oh, my MVP, Alden Smith. He'll make some decisive hmm. play. He's been very quiet. In these, because in these of Justin playoffs. Smith, yes, but I think he's I think he's going to turn it on with the two week layoff there. I am going to go against you guys and go with the Ravens on this one, and I think your Super Bowl MVP. Well, then well they win, and it's a, then it's then automatically it's a, Ravens. It, it, it's I mean, it's all deadlock, which is unfortunate. That would be an automatic, but I I don't know. I think I think the I I think the Ravens could do this. All right. Well, we We've shall counted see. them out enough. We shall see. True enough. And lastly, you're sitting in black tie seat there. Why don't you go ahead and do what he does every week and do a shout out? What is black tie shout out of the week? But this one presented by blue tie. <laughs> it's more of a, yes, it is a shout out, but it is more of a question uh, to Corey and the gang at, at Backpage press. I think that a blue tie shirt would be a great addition to next to the ranks amateurs and i think it would sell well so that is my challenge and that is my shout out i think today. that you're i thought you were better than that but apparently i was <laughs> wrong oh, that, was, that, was so, that was so that was so so transparent yes Shit's right back, into self-promotion mode backpagepress.com they make t-shirts of all manner they make uh, some cool baseball some cool nfl some cool hockey type items some movie stuff if that's your pleasure 
but they did make a rank amateurs. In fact, there are two very nifty designs. Oh yeah. Uh, for rank there, for the rank amateur fan base, I think they've now sold two of those. I think I did actually get an email just before Christmas. Three of those rank amateur T-shirts sold. Now you can also get your <laughs> you can also get your Czech Republic T-shirts. Blue tie wants a T-shirt. Black tie doesn't have a T-shirt. Neither does uh, neither do the around the league boys. The Flames want their T-shirts <laughs> to wear their heroes. I'm just throwing the idea out there. I think like a rainbowy kind of thing, just to get so it's many all questions. Kinds of people. It's all kinds of people that love the debate club. So I think it would be that would be a fitting thing. Yeah, ton. Very good idea. All right, nicely done there, blue tie. Uh, when do you get into New Orleans? Unfortunately, I do. Will not be there. Ah, oh, blue tie. I know. All right. We'll I'll bring you back here. an oyster. Please do. Um, all right. So, Rank, I'll see you on the airplane. Sessler, I'll see you on the airplane and your pal Hanzoos right now. Rank and I will step out of here. And it's time for the Around the League date, Debate Club. Have a grand time. We'll yap with you from down in NOLA. Come up and say hello to us if you, if you see us. We're going to be doing the, uh, what is it called? Super Bowl Live show, right? NFL.com live at the Super Bowl. NFL.com live at the Super Bowl. That's what it's named? Something <laughs> like that. Unnecessarily Super wild. Bowl live. Um, yeah, NFL.com live. NFL.com live. Follow, you can follow it on Twitter, oh. but there's no period. It's NFL.com live. live. That's almost as good as, uh, that's almost as, good as uh, not a dame. <laughs> you don't like not a dame. You didn't think I, that was funny. It might have been if it was timely. Well, I mean, I guess if, the we're, Katie, if we're judging t- uh, timeliness, then it wouldn't be funny when I just at, randomly throw out like Dieter Brock. Dieter Brock I mean, that's it still gets a uh, still amusing. Very nice. <laughs> I don't know how many times back in the game. I don't know how many assists I had to throw out to you guys. I was just leaving them out there. <laughs> I, the Bobby Hoying thing, the yeah. worst, the worst quarterback to play in a championship. I didn't want to cash in. I thought of that one. I didn't want to cash in on that oh, one that's because that's your observation. I'm lobbing it. I'm lobbing uh, it. Yes, I get the Dieter Brock drop of this show. So, uh, so all right then. We'll see you. We'll be uh, we'll be doing that show Wednesday to Friday. Matt Money Smith, Jamie Maggio. Me and Rankin. What the what time is it on again? It's on. <laughs> no, I it's, don't know. It's the time change. It'll be on. My people come and get me when it's time. That's all. Yeah. I I, I just I you know I I get That's, I do my meditation for two hours and they come and knock on the door when it's time. For they me. changed. They changed my hotel. They're like, yeah, we need you with Dave so you can get them there on time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you don't even carry your own earpiece, do you? Your IFB? No, they thought I might lose it. And <laughs> Sound they, like a they, flight risk. They thought they thought correctly. <laughs> they were worried I might I might lose it or I might leave it here or put it in the bag and never be able to find it. I asked the producer, I go, you guys want you want to carry this? Like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not taking yours. I'm like, well, who, you got Dave's? He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I struggle with some things. That's all. <laughs> no one's perfect, you know. So all right, so we'll be out there, and it, it's on in the middle of the day, noonish. We're doing noon, and I believe New Orleans is Central Time. Noon in New Orleans. Yes. Okay, so so that's when you should be. Low. So one p.m. on the coast. Seems like one o'clock. Ten a.m. on this coast. Somewhere in there, three four hours worth of show. It's online. It'll always be on. <laughs> all sorts of gangbusters guests from Radio Row. It'll be great. Maybe even Mr. Fancy Pants Mark Sessler can pop in. For Love a quick to. Hello. All right, so we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll yap with you. From New Orleans. Until then, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Take it away, debate club. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, joined, as always, 
by a man who unsuccessfully demanded a first-class ticket to New Orleans, Mark Sessler. I tried. Listen, why should I not travel that way, the way that higher echelon people travel? I was, yeah, I was actually thinking about this on the way uh, to the podcast studio today in the car. And what do we have to do? Uh, we are ATL writers. We host a underappreciated podcast on the internet. What do we have to do to make the jump from business class to first class in terms like how do we end up sitting next to Rich Eisen is my question. I think it's um, in the category of impossible. Oh. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't, I, there's no lever we can pull. Is in there... fact, were more people to listen to this show, Yeah. I, business class would be a stretch potentially for us. Right. Just being honest with you, Dan, I, I think we need to reevaluate our expectations. In, in terms of uh, who we are as people, you're saying we're more coach than first class? As humans. Now, is there is – there, that was a very sobering realization. Is there anything we can – what about like a hoax? Can we catfish someone? Is there anything we could do, do you think, we to don't change have the, this? We don't have the skill set to catfish people. God, you really I, don't a, think much I, of us. No, no, no. We've got we belong in a disagree. certain spot. Yeah, but you're talking about spots that we don't belong in. Okay, catfishing, first class, coursing right. across the country, happiness. Uh, you know, living happiness. A, a fulfilled life. Mark's quite the buzzkill today, isn't he? Listen, that's yeah. our uh, producer. That's Bryce. And, and listen, he Mark's. It is raining in California, and maybe that's played into this. It's the kind of day I just want to lie on like a thick carpet. Yeah. For hours. I don't want to be doing anything else. We are going to the Super Thick Bowl. carpet. Just a nice, lush carpet. You, you, you lived in the wrong era. In the 70s, every carpet was very thick and lush. I did live in the 70s. I was a child, but oh, yeah. when were you born? Uh, you know, a little after you. Let's, Let's get down to business, Dan. We are going to the Super Bowl. This is exciting. Um, it's a privilege. And, you know, I, I, we talked about this a little bit. When the Ravens and Niners got hooked up here. The immediate Twitter angst was over these obvious storylines that people were already tired with, right? Right. A, Ray Lewis, and I think, you know, that is a bit played. But the Harbaugh brothers facing each other was immediately put out there as, we're tired of this already, move on. Right. I have to disagree because I think kind of, for me, I feel like because it's the kind of thing that we've seen in a million movies and shows – Oh, you know, these two family members end up clashing in a big moment. Like, that's what we're bored of. The fact that it's actually happening in real life. Right. Is that not? No, I totally agree. I mean, I think the natural inclination is cynical media people is to be like, oh, God, two weeks of this. But then you pull back a little bit and you realize just how crazy it is. It's yeah. I mean, there was a study we did a post this morning while you were asleep um, that (laughs) someone, a statistician, Put at like one in two hundred and forty-four as the odds, which seem like really low. What does that even mean? Well, one at there's a one in two hundred and forty-four chance that they would face each other, but that's based just on the fact that they're both head coaches in separate conferences. I I know it's it's a very underwhelming stat, but then if you move it out to the idea that two football coaches, I'm pulling you out. It was like one in eleven thousand, and then even from there, it jumped up to like I don't know how the woman came up with this. Yeah. It wasn't an impressive number, to be honest, but it is shocking. It's shocking. <laughs> should have just made up a figure. I could One have. in six billion chance. I, again, Dan, I deal in facts. Yes, yeah. you do. You do. Um, now, let me ask you a question. Um, the Harbaugh brothers, one is 50. I believe that's John. One is 49. That's Jim. Yeah. And they're, they're different 
type of cats. You know, they're not they're not the same dude. This is two distinct brothers, um, which I I find interesting. One question I want to ask you, okay? Okay. Let's say we're dry, you have a cross country drive. I don't know why you're doing this, but you're going from point A to point B. I'm assuming, in your case, you're running from something. From or San Fran to Baltimore, maybe. <clears throat> there you go. Ooh, perfect. Because one is the coach of the 49ers and one is the coach yeah, of the I Ravens. Yeah, Kismet. Yes. Um, who would you rather make that Ooh. drive with? And by the way, and it's just the two of you, before you answer, I'm gonna, I came up with some questions here. Okay. That I think will help you come to a logical uh, answer in terms of how you feel about both men. All right, okay? shoot. All right, let's see. How I feel about both men. Yes. Who's, mo- who's most likely to get you out of a speeding ticket? You want me to a- answer Just John? give me some rapid fire. Get me out of one? Yeah, like John. a cop pulls you over John. in Jim escalates Kansas. it and yeah. you get in more trouble. Uh, better guy to have an, on your side in a bar fight. Jim. I'd have to agree. Yeah. I'd have to agree. Um, more likely to pick up the check at a you know a diner or a motel off a dusty highway somewhere. I, you know, I think John. I think Jim vanishes all over the place. He's unca- <laughs> unaccountable. More likely, say again, you're at, this time you're at a motel. Um, you're in the middle of North Dakota, and um, you happen to have a season one of Homeland. Who's more likely to be interested in just knocking out the whole season before you get back on the road? Jim, very obsessive. I could total. I totally agree. We're on the same page with this stuff. All right, alternate universe. Let's just move into an alternate universe here. Okay. As uh, if we're not already there. Yeah. This is all right. An alternate alternate okay. universe. Uh, better wingman uh, saying that you were a single man, as was Jim and John. Uh, John. Okay. I, I, I want some explanation on that one. Well, because because I think Jim again, he he is completely. He's going to steal the show. You want your wingman to set you up, right? Mm. Is that? I mean. I'm the one trying to Jim I think just Well go- it depends what you're expecting from your wingman. There are two way there are two wingman th- theories. One is that it's an equal situation and you're both looking for uh, attractive partners and it's let's you know <laughs> let's seize this opportunity we're both going for it. The other one is what you're alluding to. One guy is setting up the other guy in a sense. Right, right. Um I'm going to stick with John. I just that's uh, just my initial sense is he would be more savvy and a little bit less. Uh, Jim could go off a cliff in that situation, and again, the whole night would be over in seconds. Jim, uh, yeah, John He's is dangerous. John, yeah, John is a kind of a charmer, and um, he seems to be very a very nice man. Jim is the type of dude where you can almost imagine him leaving the bar with both women. Well, exactly. I mean, I think unpredictable and willing to completely go turncoat necessarily. No, we don't know that's true, but that's just the way I feel about the guy. No, I think that's true. You know, I I feel like in a car trip, John would want to ask you about your life and your family, smile on his face. Jim is in some like long soliloquy about a sub world. Right. You could see him like, you know, maybe um, having a couple drinks early and already he's wired like by 9 p.m. Right. And nobody wins that situation. All right. One more um, alternate scenario. Better partner to withstand a zombie apocalypse. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Jim. I think he could turn up a fight. Um, he could turn that up a notch. Jim's Jim. I like Jim in like a situation where I'm facing like subhuman species. I could see. I can imagine Jim with, you know, a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, just clearing out an entire Absolutely. like cafeteria of walkers. Okay. Uh, most likely to have a really disturbing. Potentially a potentially criminal story involving Dustin Diamond, Wait, a.k.a. Uh, Screech Powers. Well, obviously, Jim. 
<laughs> Jim? He's got a history with, yes. Yeah, you would think so. And speaking of which, more likely to wake you up at 4 a.m. in the middle of Kansas City and say this. You know, people think I'm a hero because I can throw a football, but I wouldn't be anything without my teammates. When you start to think you're a big shot, that's when you usually get in trouble. Well, I think, again, this is, this is in Jim's past. Yeah, now right? I'm just talking about Jim on Save Out because how, how do you avoid that topic? So I think, I think when it comes down to it, where do you stand in the final standings I here? I think for some reason I wanted to go across the country with John. Yeah. J- Jim, I think, I'm not sure we get across the country. Yeah. What about you? I mean, what's... I, you know, what's funny is my heart's telling me, or my brain is telling me John, and my heart's telling me Jim, because if I'm going across the country and I've always wanted to do that, I want it to be a memorable experience, and Jim is such a wild card yeah, it would as be. a human being. Yeah. Let's just roll, You think Jim. you get across? I feel like the car ends up in a fiery mess in the middle of, like, southern Utah. Life's a journey, not a destination. Aerosmith, 93. So that's where I'm at. Um, interesting. I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time. Okay, moving on. If you heard the Damashek, uh football program on Tuesdays, Tuesday's edition... Uh, we had a great honor bestowed upon us. Dick Banks, the one-man house band, gave us a uh, a theme song. We have been on Dave's show for about, what, six to yeah, eight months now? Yeah, summer, six months. Uh, you won Best Newcomer? Uh, um, it, it, with an asterisk, but yes. Yes, and, um, you know, I, I would like to say that I, I really enjoyed the song personally. Um, I thought it was a nice, uh, almost like a Van Halen type riff. Uh, Bryce, can you play it for us? Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants The Flames need NFL news and here's their chance It's ATL around the league Light a flame, boys Pigskin's hot tonight Burn, baby, burn There it is. I thought it was, you know, kind of electric. Uh, there is a Diamond Dave aspect to it, right? Um, but you, you were a little lukewarm when we were talking on the phone last night. Well, no, I think I think that he was given a command and executed it very well. Dick Banks, yeah, one man, absolutely. House no, he did a great job with what he was asked to do. I have, um, you know, some concerns about our dual nickname, right? Which okay, because the song, yeah, as, as you just heard, the song starts like, Hand Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. We'll get back to that in a second. You seem to have an issue with the Fancy Pants moniker that you <laughs> acquired. Well, listen, I mean, I think uh, as a child, imagining that someday, you know, you would be on a radio show that you'd hope your nickname would be if you're a boy, masculine to some degree, fancy pants <laughs> suggest something that uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, listen, I like it. I've I've warmed up to it, but right. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I mean, <laughs> you have not warmed up to I it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so fancy pants to me suggests. Well, let me give a little origin story if, if people don't know. Uh, maybe our first time on the show when Dave was giving out our Twitter handles. Mine was Dan Hanses, and by the way, he pronounces he mispronounces my last name. You don't see me complaining about it, but uh, at Dan Hanses, well, I think you just did, but and then at Mark Sessler, and then Mark has NFL tacked onto the back of his Twitter handle, which bothers Damashek. Yeah, and I understand why it would bother him. And Dave equated that to you trying to be fancy, right? <laughs> and then it rolls right into Mister Fancy Pants. Right. Very quickly, I was tagged with that, and it never went away. And and what you're saying to me is that. 
There are Mr. Fancy Pants characters in the world. There are, in amongst us. There might even be one behind the glass and Bryce. There might be. He's rolling into that area. Right, like, a, like a, you know, the metrosexual types, these people that are very concerned with their... I'm not saying that about you, Bryce. Uh, in, in general, Fancy Pants, like, I wear the same pair of jeans like 14 days in a row. We're very good about that on ATL. We don't... There's not a lot of jeans... You know, pairs of jeans. No, no, no. I mean, between look at, us. Either. Look at what I'm wearing right now. They, the listeners can't see, but I've owned this shirt since like 2001. He looks horrible, people. I yeah. just, I don't know if it's. Am I fancy? Does, is that? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. So, listen. In, in closing, it's very cool to have a theme song. But you, and and again, to go back to this alternate universe, which is so exciting and so much more exciting than the one we live in, where we sit and coach and have no future. Reality. You would have liked to have had. Maybe Mr. You know, Macho Man or, well, or something along those lines. I think I'm paired up with someone with the nickname Zeus. Yeah. So it's like. It's tough. You know, it's, tough. It's, it's, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. But I'm, uh, I'm getting through it, and I do appreciate very much uh, being on the show. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there as a very generic. Okay, now you're, no, back, now you're backing out a little bit. Listen, no, I, I, uh, the, nickname, <laughs> the nickname keeps me up at night a little bit. Okay, well, you know? listen, maybe we'll talk about this with Dave next week. Um, we will be in New Orleans. And and we will have a podcast in New and Orleans. We may have a guest. We may have a guest. We're going to try. Now, we've disappointed before, so we yes. may do that again. But we're going to try. I mean, there's, it, there's so many people roaming around Radio Row. Yes. Maybe we we're going to try. We've been given 15 minutes, um, and we will be from Radio Row the next time you hear us. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, until next week, see you later. Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pick skins hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need 
It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.